Welcome to the season six finale of The Lead, a podcast where we learn how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm Charlotte Northworthy. In this episode, I talk to Hayden Field, a feature journalist and associate editor at Entrepreneur Magazine. Field graduated from the Grady College in 2015 and has worked in business and financial news ever since. At Entrepreneur, she is truly a multimedia journalist where she writes, edits, produces video, and hosts regular episodes of their podcast, How Success Happens. In this episode, we talk about life as a recent J School grad and how does success happen. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership as a part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Now, here's the lead. Thank you for being here, Hayden. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor. I'm so excited. It's my first time back in Athens in four years, and I've been following the podcast on Twitter, so I'm psyched. She's wearing her red and black. She is ready. ready she has been missed. <laughs> so let's start off with your work in finance writing. Did you always know you wanted to report on this beat, and what drew you to it? Not at all. I actually thought I wanted to be a travel writer originally, and so my first job was in travel writing, and then I thought, you know... I really want to report on people's stories. And these days, it's hard to get a job as a travel writer that you're actually reporting on people and not sitting at your desk looking up 10 best foods to try in Malaysia from your computer. So I wanted to move into more business and entrepreneurship writing because you can really get a feel for a ton of different people's stories because business and entrepreneurship touches every single industry. And from to move from travel to that, I needed to have something in the middle that was a better transition. And so personal finance was perfect. So I found this job with Jean Chatsky, the financial editor of the Today Show. And I wasn't super into the idea at first because I didn't grow up with a lot of money lessons. My family didn't, I don't think handled it great. They're fine, but I never, you know, my parents never really gave me lessons about that or how to handle money or what credit cards to get or how much of your credit card ratio you should be using, things like that. And so it honestly really changed my life by the two years, by the end of the two years, because I always call it like grad school for my life because I learned so many lessons about buying a house, how to handle your budget, how to um, make sure you don't get into credit card debt, how to get out of credit card debt, all these things that I need for the rest of my life. And I think, yeah, it'll help me in a ton of different ways. And it also made me a better reporter because consumer journalism, service journalism, you have to learn to ask questions that the consumers, that the readers really want to know. And that sometimes, especially when you're dealing with financial reporting, means asking hard questions, really digging into numbers, asking about hidden fees, things that are uncomfortable to ask about and that you really have to ask multiple times about sometimes to nail down a real answer. So yeah, it made me a better reporter and writer for sure. So since you're on a podcast episode, we have to discuss the podcast that you host from time to time, How Success Happens. Has the podcast taught you how success happens? Do you have any insight? Absolutely. No, a million dollar question for sure. I One of my favorite things about this podcast is that you can interview someone from any industry. So I get to talk to people with a host of different stories. And it's incredible. Like I've inter- they've interviewed Polar Explorers. Um, I interviewed Jean Case, who is one of my idols. She's the chair of the National Geographic Society and um, the wife of Steve Case. They, you know, were both top executives at AOL. He founded it. And um, then the other day I interviewed a DACA entrepreneur who started his own business, Airfox. And 
had to kind of overcome um, discrimination against immigrants when he was raising funding. So it's just a ton of different people with incredible stories, but something that I I really focus on actionable tips on, on the podcast for people listening. And I think something I've learned that they all kind of have in common is really just being educated about what you're trying to do and believing in it so much that the confidence comes with that. You know, people always talk about you need to be confident in yourself. You need to be confident in yourself. That's a lot easier said than done. So I think sometimes that's a good side benefit from just really focusing on and believing in and just educating yourself about what you're trying to do and believing in it so hard that the confidence just kind of comes along for the ride. How have you or have you, you know, taken that tidbit of advice and applied it in your own life? So I think in this day and age, it's really easy to have imposter syndrome in your career, uh, especially, you know, we're all following all these famous journalists on Twitter, you know, and it's it's easy to think, oh, she did this or he did this by this age and I haven't done that and just forget about everything you have done. So I think one of the, one of the things my dad taught me that I will always remember is just keep your head down and work. Don't worry about, you know, being well known for what you're doing because if you're actually focusing on your work that will come along with it if you try to be well known for what you're doing people can always sense that and it's just I feel like it's like a karma thing it's just not going to happen or maybe not as fast but if you just focus on your work and really worry about that one day you're going to look up and say oh actually I've made a name for myself in this industry and people respect me and I respect myself which is more important We seem to share a similar interest of really just loving people and finding people really fascinating. So I'm really curious to hear how you've transitioned. You've gone from writing for community-focused news organizations like the Atlanta Journal-Constitution to national organizations like the Today Show and Entrepreneur. How has that transition for audiences been for you? Definitely. So yeah, I think every publication has a different audience and a different voice, and you just kind of have to find your niche in there. Um... I think that you can also, there's a little bit of room for flexibility, no matter where you're writing for, you can carve out your own interest and, and swerve a little bit to include what you're really passionate about, but you also always have to put the reader first. So at Entrepreneur, for example, one day I pitched an artificial intelligence column. That's something I'm really into. I love tech writing now because it's the future. I'm really interested in what's happening in the future. And there's a lot of cool entrepreneurs doing things in that space. And I think it's going to touch every space in the future. Maybe we won't just have tech reporters. It's just going to be a reporter on an industry and tech is going to be the cornerstone of that. But anyway, um, I pitched that column and our editor-in-chief said, you know, this is great. and It'd be great somewhere like Recode or um, TechCrunch. But remember, our audience is entrepreneurs, so you have to think about that first. And that was a great wake-up call for me because I was like, okay, now we're working on a piece for the magazine where it's how is 5G, artificial intelligence, and blockchain, how are all of those three things going to affect entrepreneurs in the next five years, if they will? So it's kind of just you have to, no matter what you're interested in, you can always write about it. It's just you have to finesse the angle to the audience. What is one story that you really want to write but you haven't been able to yet? So one story I've been wanting to write about forever, for maybe a year that I haven't yet actually written, is about how AI is making us more human. So it's basically about how there are all these tools cropping up that help us tap into our humanity, like qualities that you would think are uniquely human that 
we're losing touch of in some ways and that AI is trying to bring us back together with. It's kind of creepy, but also really interesting. Like, for example, compassion and um, empathy. So a lot of customer service industries now have tools where the customer service rep takes a ton of calls every day, hundreds, and it's easy to kind of lose touch of your compassion or, you know, you get drained, emotionally drained, you're just over it. And it's, it's easy to just get completely burned out. And so these tools will pop up on your computer and remind you like, oh, soften your tone or, oh, exercise more empathy, up your compassion. And I just, I don't really know how I feel about it, but I know it's a good story because it's something that's just so strange that a, a technology is helping us, helping remind us to um, exercise these human traits. And so I've interviewed a lot of people for this, but I haven't really figured out how to structure it yet. But I'm excited. It's basically, I think it's going to be a long form about, um, you know, spotlighting a couple of different companies that are doing this and then experts that are saying why it's a problem, what it could do to benefit society, and then what we really need to watch out for. That's really interesting because I feel like um, if you talk to anybody in the social media space, they kind of make a similar argument that while on one hand social media is you know, diving too deep into our personal data and that sort of thing, it's in a way connected us to more humans than any other medium has in the past. And so that's really interesting how uh, AI is kind of taking it to the next level and kind of getting really philosophical with the idea of the human experience. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I think like people always say, don't ever trust anyone that's totally yes or totally no on something. You know, it's, everything has a caveat. So yeah, I mean, social media, artificial intelligence, I feel like all of this stuff, um, not to lump them all together, but pretty much everything just has a, a flip side. And I think basically it's all about just doing everything with intention and knowing that it's we have to think very hard and consider all of the risks of these technologies and, and platforms before we adopt them. And also everything in moderation, pretty much. Like I've been spending too much time on social media lately, so I'm doing a April 1st, April 25th cleanse, and I'm already worried about it, which means that I need to do it. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. Well, best of luck. But you, you do seem really into the idea of tech and how that's going to affect businesses or entrepreneurs. Do you foresee yourself staying in the business realm? Definitely, yes. But I think I would like to kind of 50-50 with tech writing. I love, um, I always want to write about people and trends and things that are going to affect people. But I think tech is kind of the future and there's just a lot of cool things going on there. There's a lot of incredible things to write about and people to profile and cool technologies to spotlight. And so, yeah, I, I think that is really lately been my passion. And um, I think business fits right into that because they're tech startups are there's a million happening every single day and um that's a total hyperbole but yeah there's a lot of tech startups being introduced um pretty frequently and and my business background really has helped me to ask better questions and dig into numbers and and not take things at face value so i think that's a valuable skill also in writing about tech for sure so you're almost four years out of j school what are some things that you've learned about the job market that you didn't know when you graduated? Did you, do you have any important lessons to share? Totally. Basically, okay, my number one thing that I would say that I didn't know was that interviewing, I've heard this before, but I feel like it's something you have to just internalize. You're interviewing them too. If you're in a job interview, you are interviewing them. You're not just 
I, I would go in and just have the mindset of, oh, please give me a job, you know, putting them on a pedestal. And you really need, I would look up, you know how you're supposed to have questions at the end of an interview to ask. I would look up, okay, what are the best questions to ask? Instead of thinking about what questions do I really have for the person? And so I've noticed that every job interview I've ever had where I didn't, I wasn't desperate to get the job has gone so much better because I just was more myself. I asked real questions that I wanted to know about at the end and I didn't back down. For example, when I had my job interview with Entrepreneur, I said, they said, do you have any questions? I said, yeah. So how are you guys doing business wise? You know, a lot of magazines are failing right now. What are you doing to diversify your revenue? And they were kind of taken aback, but they respected that I asked. So stuff like that, I think is really important remembering that your whole, your career doesn't hinge on any job. If you don't get a job offer, talk about it in your commencement speech later one day when you're coming back to your school and like, you know, talking to students, no one wants to just hear a up and up and up story. Like that's going to be a part of your um, story that you learned from and, and turned around and they'll be, you know, hopefully wishing they hired you sometime in the future. So I think just having that mindset of that you're a valuable resource and you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you is really key. Do you think that your dual major and background in theater has helped you sort of with your confidence in interviews and situations like that? Definitely somewhat, but I'm used to I'm used to playing a character more than I'm used to you know, speaking as myself in front of people or um, whether it's like, you know, a job interview situation or like a class. Um, so I think it definitely made me more comfortable reading people and tapping into, you know, body language and all these things that are just really important for communication. But it didn't make me as much of a public speaker as I thought it would. That came from afterwards when I like stripped away the characters and ha just had more experience talking to people um, in a group setting rather than one-on-one. -on -one. But I definitely think it made me more comfortable in front of people. Just I, need to, I needed to learn afterward to be more comfortable in front of people as myself. This episode of The Lead is, is the season six finale. So to kind of wrap up the season... Um, you know, for the students listening who are about to graduate in May, for example, what advice do you have for them? What, what, did you, what do you think is the most important thing that students should know as they're about to enter the job market? I think the most important thing that they should know is that you can make anything happen for yourself. No one, no pub, I think especially in the, in recent times when, you know, we all dreamed of working at these legacy publications and now some of them, some media startups are actually making much more money than they are. Like, look at Axios. That was introduced maybe two years ago, and it's making more money than arguably a lot of magazines and um, media companies that have been around for decades. So I think the main lesson here is that we don't have to have a one-track mind about where we're going to work. You can even start your own publication. You can work your way up. You can freelance. There's no one path to success. And if you just keep your head down and focus on what you're passionate about and carve out a niche for yourself and really focus on doing good work on time that tells a story and, and, and incorporates your voice, you will reach success. So it's not about you know, working at one magazine you've always dreamed of working at, who knows if it'll even be in existence. And that's not scary. Journalism isn't dying. It's just taking on new forms and always evolving. So it's kind of a cool time to be entering the industry, I think, because 
nothing's set in stone, which gives you a lot more freedom in terms of your career path. There's not only a handful of places to work now. There, there are always new ones cropping up, and journalism will always always exist. Storytelling will always exist. Um, and there's not there's more than one place to to do it. Hayden, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to Athens. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's an honor being on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into The Lead this season. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and I'm so excited to be returning in August as your host for Season 7. This episode was produced with guidance from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. This summer, I'll be working on an exciting digital book project centered around the past six seasons of the podcast. Lots of exciting things to come, but for now, check out our other episodes with interesting media leaders on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Until next time.